Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a Thursday. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Back to local programming for the rest of the day. On Des Moines Sports Station, uh, coming up at 1, of course, Murph and Andy will be here, then the drive, and then I believe Double Dip tonight, right? Cyclone Fanatic and Hawkeye Nation radio programs go, so lots of local. Nine straight hours of local. How about that? Thursday is a good day, no doubt about it. BMW Des Moines guest lists looks like this. We will start in 25 minutes. We'll head to Lincoln. Stephen M. Sipple, Lincoln Journal star. We'll catch up on the Huskers. They get set to take on Illinois. Remember, just talking to Sip over the last couple of years and what their fan base and where they're at and the football program. Do you think maybe we kind of feel what they're going through now as far as media? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Be, not difficult, just awkward at times. Different, right? yeah. Different, yeah. right. Um, but certainly we've had that. Anyways, we'll talk to Sipple at 10, We've had a year, well, a half year of it. Right, and then they've had multiple. Clearly. They've had a couple decades. And it's not over yet. Well, maybe it is. Maybe Joseph is the guy. We'll see. Uh, but we'll talk to Sipple. Then we'll talk to Dave Sinekin uh, on the Green Bay Packers. We like to do the regional teams, uh, and we'll get the Packers uh, in here today as they seem to be circling the drain. We'll find out. Is it too early to stick a fork in the in the Packers. We'll talk to Dave Sinekin. Lee Sterling's got a handful of games. Of course, Lee from Paramount Sports. He'll join us at 10 minutes before noon uh, to go over some of the games that he's looking at this week. At 12.15, the voice, the radio voice of the Minnesota Vikings. Paul Allen will join us. Look forward to catching up with the first place Minnesota Vikings announcer Paul Allen. And then Cody Goodwin is going to be here. And uh, I'm going to do a lot of listening to Trent and Cody talk about the high school playoffs and where they're at and how many championships potentially will be coming back to uh, central Iowa as the playoffs begin tomorrow night for everybody tomorrow or is there a couple of classes tonight no I believe all the games will go tomorrow Good. yeah I, Friday I, where they should be yes absolutely and of course playoffs began last week in the small classes uh-huh. with the 32 team field and now we are to the round of 16 opening things up i'll be up in johnston as the dragons welcome in iowa city city high former roosevelt coach and iowa state assistant mitch moore leading the little hawks to town should be a fun one there i told you before that bc moore uh, ranking system that is out there it's a computer model kind of spits out what a game should be or a point spread if you will one and a half so oh, looks maybe to be a really tight one. Maybe it's good. Absolutely. Uh, looking forward to that in the round of 16. I'll be away next Friday for the quarterfinal round. Emery Songer will be in for me mm-hmm. with the play-by-play. And then it's to the Dome. So this is your last uh, Friday at the, on a, one of the, re, uh, the local fields? It is, absolutely. So Emery will take over for me for the quarterfinals. Then to the Unidome for the semifinals and the championship. You can hear them all. 96.9, the bowl. And and how many championships games will you do? I'll just, just do the five. Just the five, eh? Yeah. Good stuff. All right. Uh, so that's coming up on the show today. Oh, well, there's one other little nugget. Um, and at the very end of the program, we'll give you a chance, four of you, to win some barbecue from our friends at Claxons. Oh, yeah. Claxons in Altoona. We're doing it on Thursdays since Fridays are so busy. But Good memory. Yes. It's working today. How about you? How about And that? we're out from 11 to 1 today? We are on yeah, 11, 11 to 1. 11 yeah. to 1. You yeah. got that? I do have that. Okay. 
Um, since Sipatex earlier this morning, don't forget 1025. Nope. <laughs> That's what he said. Nope. <laughs> I thought you said 11. Yeah, sorry, Sip. Anyways, we'll talk to him coming up here in 20 minutes. Uh, thank God football is back tonight. It has mm-hmm. been a, um, kind of a weird couple of days. Yes. I myself watched a lot of Timberwolves last night, saw them for the really for the first time and watching Puck the last couple of nights. Not my Jets. They've been off, which is good, just so I can sit in the easy chair and just watch a game, mm-hmm. not from a fan perspective. But um, ready for baseball, clearly tomorrow, <laughs> football tonight. But it's just been – or college basketball would have fit the bill as well, but they're not playing yet. Not yet, though. Monday, Iowa has their exhibition against Truman State and Jeff Horner's squad makes their oh, way is that to right? Iowa nice. City. Remember the last time Jeff brought a team there and there was a little a little talking after the game? Do you remember that? I don't. It wasn't a televised game. It was – I remember watching it on the BTN Plus feed. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, a little John afterwards, and then of course afterwards, Jeff had all the right things to say, and him and Fran made amends uh, after one. Wouldn't be the first time the Fran's teams have no. had a little problems in the end of game handshake line, and that's happened quite a bit throughout the years. But and yeah. I like the way he's handling uh, as of late. Anyway, just send the kids in the locker room. Yep, Don't escalate it any further. Get out of here. Uh, by the way, the uh, uh, Council Bluffs Thomas Jefferson blowing back at the Hoover coach, saying you are mm-hmm. exaggerating. Mm-hmm. Uh, they put out a statement here, so. Um, we talked if, if um, at some point in the last couple of days, we mm-hmm. talked about uh, Coach Evans and what he said happened after the game. And now the uh, uh, parties over at uh, Council Bluff, Thomas Jefferson, I don't know if it was a, an administrator, superintendent, or principal, but pushback saying, no, yeah, this, he's not, not denying that there was an incident, mm-hmm. but um, they can't find any racism. And they think that it was way overblown as far as the number of kids. Who knows? Something happened. Um, we know that, and they admit that something did happen. So, anyways, that's where that stands. Um, NBA last night for both of us. We watched the T-Wolves. You know, it's really hard to watch NBA regular it's October. season. I know. it's just, Trent, it ratchets up. I mean, I can watch and be thoroughly entertained in the playoffs. Oh, absolutely. It, they play defense. Mm-hmm. It's physical. It's a battle to get to the basket, and the referees put their whistles in their pocket or... Keep them in their mouth, whatever they do. They're not blowing them, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, but, man, it's it's tough, isn't it? It's not just me, I don't think. No, is it? I don't think so. I watched that. I watched a lot of the Lakers last night just to laugh at the awfulness that they are. Boy, that's a bad basketball Oof. team. With two still stars. I mean, Anthony Davis looks like Anthony yeah. Davis again. LeBron's LeBron. Mm-hmm. And there is nothing nope. else around that team. Austin Reeves, you remember him from Oklahoma? Absolutely. He starts for them. That's wild. I mean, he's not part of the He starts for them. That's wild. Austin Reeves. I mean, I just, he was a good college he player. Like, just that. Good. Yes. Was, right. Not elite. No. Not great. He was fine. Yeah, but he did some things. But he did some things in the Big 12. Right. Uh, not in the Western Conference of the NBA, which is where he resides now. And for a middling Oklahoma team, you had a couple of good years in there. But uh-huh. Nothing elite. No. I don't remember the He's starting elite. for the Los Angeles oh. Lakers. That's what it was for me last night. What a missed opportunity these last two days, though, mm-hmm. for baseball. Should have started that series early. So are, I, I know I've said it before. Well, but. can they can they capture it next week? And, and my, my, my follow-up question is, are there any college basketball games that will move the needle, not like Athletes in Action versus Iowa, whoever <laughs> right. it's going to be? Probably not. Probably not, yeah. right? So they, they'll have that opportunity, one would think, next week. So they go Friday, Saturday. They're off on Sunday and then resume baseball Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday? What is the schedule? Do you know? Uh, I got it right here. Let's bring it up. World Series schedule. All right, so games one and two, obviously, Friday, Saturday. Yeah. They get back at it Monday. 
It's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So what time's first pitch Monday? They're going up against MNF? Yeah, 7 o'clock. Tuesday, 7 o'clock, and then TBD for Wednesday. That would be Game 5. Friday would be Game 6. And Saturday, November 5th, going up against Tennessee, Georgia. I know it. Alabama, LSU. Mm -hmm. Good luck, baseball. I know. There's there's some big games on. Oh, that's why I'm hoping it ends next Friday. Mm -hmm. Uh, We shall see. Anyways, uh, so... um, I got a couple of things I want to do uh, run by. Okay, you. go ahead because I want to get into Wickstead and Company's press press release. Apparently, Kirk Ferentz didn't see. Yes, and uh, that's kind of the direction I wanted to go. So, yesterday on my Hawkeye podcast, daily podcast, we talked about lockdown Hawkeyes each and every day. Uh, my buddy Biz, who joins me once a week, he came up with these numbers over the last two games, last twenty eight drives for Iowa. You know they haven't scored a touchdown mm-hmm. now in twenty eight consecutive offensive drives, no touchdowns. Only three drives of those 28 drives have they gone for seven plays or more. Is that unthinkable? Yes. Seven play, Not talking 12-play drive. No. A seven-play drive. Only three times. Three, three of the 28. Ten of those 28 drives ended in a turnover. <laughs> Why Spencer Peters play? Because he doesn't turn it over. Except that hasn't been the case now for the last year and a half as he continues to turn the football over. Eleven of the 28 drives went for zero or negative yards. <laughs> Eighteen. Went for less than 10 yards. Trent, that makes it sound worse than 131st out of 131. 129 plays that they ran during these 28 drives. Never once has the football gone past the goal line. Because, as Kirk said after the Illinois game, that's schematic, not throwing the football into the end zone. (laughs) This is so much worse than you could possibly even imagine. The further you dig, the worse it gets, right? It, It absolutely is, and... Speaking of digging, Kirk Ferentz continues to dig a hole. What is he doing? I don't know, Trent. It's, it's like he, he wasn't aware that the public relations firm, that uh, the university, and I don't know for a fact that they wrote it, but come on. <laughs> it sure seems like it was written by a PR firm. Hey, we're just two guys on the radio. We're not the brightest bulbs out there. I get it. True. We're not rocket scientists, no. but come on. I think we can see through this one. Mm-hmm. And, and it's almost like he, when he sat down with Gary Dolphin on his coach's show last night, he wasn't aware of it. Absolutely. Because he, he the the um, apology that came, look, at, I, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this. I really want to move on. I know they do, too. But it's like, okay, you got a little bit of goodwill with the non-apology apology, but at least you realize that you maybe crossed the line and it wasn't the best look. And then to go on the radio last night and say he wasn't happy with the tone. The tone was fine. The tone was fine. It was the end of the press conference. He wanted to get multiple questions in. And what? Because he didn't put a caveat in there. Sorry to ask this to you, Kirk. What does he want? I don't know. I don't know. He just he needs to move on. He just needs yes. to move on. Everybody needs to move on. The see, I hate to say it. The season needs to move on. Mm-hmm. I hate to say that because I don't want to wish college football away at all. Ever. Right. Never, ever. And yet, I think you're not alone. I think the Iowa fan base is not alone. Well, how many people are going to show up um, for the Northwestern? Oh, game? there's going to be 10,000 seats empty at minimum. We can't give tickets away out of our group. I mean, it's just it's impossible right now. You, I, uh, know, you go on to one of the uh, secondary markets, like a StubHub or mm-hmm. uh, what, uh, what's, what's the other ticket? Something ticks. And where, whatever, wherever you shop for your ticks. I mean, how many do you need? What road do you want to sit in? Uh, it's just amazing that people are trying to unload these things. And there's still two home games to go. Right. So got Wisconsin and then Black Friday, mm-hmm. which is a difficult sell in its own right. Oof. If Iowa doesn't win a game before that. Before Nebraska? 
Oh, they'll win. They can Saturday. lose this weekend. I know. Yeah, I, it's Northwest. We've seen it before. Oh, I, absolutely. Get it. I get it. I get We've it. We've seen good Iowa teams lose to bad Northwestern. But teams. have we seen? Have we seen a, a, a good Iowa team with this? And I'll call it elite for a college football team because it is this type of. And I don't care about Ohio State blowing about right. They They're gave up the 360 field. yards and 2.2 yards per rush against the Buckeyes. Yeah. Nobody's done that against it, them. Precisely. Um, they're elite. Yes. The Northwestern teams that have come in here and upset Iowa before, as Iowa had this type of defense, I don't, I'm not sure that they, I'm sure there was good ones. But there's never been, been an offense as bad either. Well, that's just it. A couple interceptions, a couple uh-huh. turnovers, a couple shorts field for, fields for Northwestern. Their new quarterback, uh, he can move around a little bit. That's something, obviously, in the past that's giving I haven't Iowa seen problems. Northwestern play since they played Nebraska. He can move. He's he's certainly more athletic than Holinsky back Which was there. week zero. Yeah, that's a long time ago. Well, why would you watch him? <laughs> it feels like a Tough. lifetime ago. They're a bad football team, and they're a bad defensive uh-huh. football team. In fact, right now, they weren't ranked worse than that Nevada team that Iowa actually moved the football a little bit against. They are worse right now in total defense. Hmm. So, if there's ever a time for it to happen, and remember last year, Padilla was really good before they put the lockbox on him against this Northwestern team. It doesn't matter. I just think everything's so broken. I don't know if they can pull out of it here. Love the under. And I liked it at 31 and a half. And it's 37 now? Yeah, 37 now. And I'm guessing most of the tickets are coming in on the under? That's a good question. I, I should pull that up here and see where the percentage of bets are at that low, low number. Because, I mean, just a ridiculous one when you look at the uh, total number there. Uh, and also, uh, Iowa State, I see Oklahoma back favored by a point now. Are they? At Circa. So that thing's bounced around kind of mm-hmm. between it's gonna be a good. This is going to be a close game. That'll be a good game. I agree. Uh, total, let's see, 85% of the tickets, 89% of the money on the under well. in Iowa Northwestern. Well, I guess it is not exactly a sharp spot going on that one. Betting-wise, uh, most people on Oklahoma this week, 65% of the money are on the Sooners this week as it currently sits. Uh, back to a pick now at Circa. So it's moving around a little bit. I think it's going to be a good football game. I really do. And and both of the locals need it desperately as they look, they they take care of the home games. They're going to postseason. Pretty much as simple as that. Win at home. Good way to look at it. And you're going and you're going to postseason. You'll get those extra practices and the fan base uh, will join you wherever your bowl destination uh, is going to be. You know, we didn't talk about this yesterday when, when the news broke. Uh, and, and you and I, you nor I are, are big Jim Nance fans when it comes to, um, you know, some of the play by play stuff that he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's NCAA tournament duties will come to an end after next year. Thank God. Hanging it up. And we get a star in Ian Eagle that will take over. Has it been determined that yes. he's going to get the gig? He will get the wow. gig, which will be incredible. Yeah. I also saw Jay Wright, former Villanova uh-huh. coach. He's going to be part, I believe, of the Turner crew when we get to the NCAA tournament. Many people believe that he is being groomed to take over when mm. or after, whenever he hangs it up, mm-hmm. that he'd be the that voice be that comes good. in there. Jay Wright's awesome. Yep, he's good. I, I love listening to him. He's yep. done some some studio work in the past. He's really good. He's sharp. He's a handsome man. <laughs> and he's going to be perfect for that role. I just, for Nance, he's great at Augusta. Mm-hmm. Except he, till he gets in the butler cabin. You know, one thing that... And he kisses his... You know, oh, maybe, yeah. maybe you have to. That, I don't know. That's what he does, yeah. That's just him. That's his mm-hmm. personality. The... Tired tropes that he throws out there, and what's the best call? You think of Jim. You think of the great play-by-play announcers of past, and you think of calls. You think of moments. Does Nance have one? I mean, I'm sure he does. You think of the Masters. Well, Vern had the call. Yeah, yes, sir. He was it was it was it fifteen? Yes, sir. Yeah. You had that one. Yeah. Tiger when he chips in, 
with the Nike symbol hanging on the edge of the lip. Amazing. That TV. was also Vern Lundquist yeah. that was on the call up yeah. in the tower for that one. Yep. Jim Nance doesn't have a signature call. He called a Does bunch- he in the NFL? Nothing jumps out. No. I mean, do you believe in miracles? No. He's um, just so milk toast no, boring. Yeah. Which I'm is perfect you. for golf. I'm with you. He's had, he's had a hell of a for career. the NFL. Yeah, yes, he has. Have you seen his house? Have you seen where he lives? Yeah. He lives on Pebble Beach. And he's got his own green. He does. Not too bad. And Peyton and Tom Manning showed up there for one of those Peyton Manning, uh, what are those vin- uh, the snippets that he does on ESPN? Peyton's Place? Yes, yeah. Uh, they showed up in Nance's backyard. They hit golf balls, had a little competition. Mm-hmm. What a place he's got. Made a lot of money. Good for him. And yeah. he's going to retire from the uh, NCAA tournament. So He'll still be on the Masters. And still do the NFL still by the all NFL. accounts. But it's coming to the end. And we uh, get a step Matt. up with play-by-play for basketball. He's had to have had a basketball minute, a, a, a basketball call. He had the game winner from Villanova, right? Villanova Gonzaga was it the uh, the shot from the right wing? I mean, he's had moments mm-hmm. that but have if, been there. But, but if you and I are reaching for it, that's where we are. Uh huh. Just who he is. It's play-by-play is not a strength. Hosting, I think, is more of a strength for him. Better role. And that's mm-hmm. basically what he is mm-hmm. when he does his golf coverage. Mm-hmm. All right. We will uh, take a time out. We're going to head to uh, Lincoln, talk some Big Ten West football with SIP. Illinois awaits them. Do you have an opinion on that game? Illinois, no. seven and a half favorite. You can tell me anything that happens, and I would not be surprised. Uh-huh. I, if Nebraska beat them, I wouldn't be shocked either. No, I don't think I would be yeah. either. It's the Big Ten West, after right. all. Is Wisconsin elevated themselves back into that spot again that they're the team to beat? No. See, I think they have. I think it's different with Leonard. They just got beat by Michigan State. Well, they did do that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Something about was. I, I, I think that well, somebody has to have that role, right, as the team to be. Is it Illinois? It's still Illinois, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, they only have yeah, they were ripped said, off. Yeah, it was, and they were ripped off. Mm-hmm. Absolutely ripped off. Kid was in. Uh, they caught the ball twice. And they took the went to replay. Anyways, it was week. Was that the, it was Labor Day weekend? Yeah, it was. It's gone way to Satterfield. I think it was. It caught the ball. Anyways, take time out. We will come back and uh, talk to Sipple. Then we'll talk to Sinekin. Do a little Green Bay, a little football back to back in the same segment. Lee Sterling is going to join us. Uh, his picks coming up here at about ten fifty. But right now, it's time for another thousand dollar handoff. Head to KXNO right now and enter this nationwide contest by using the following keyword. It's deposit, deposit at KXNO.com. Your chance to deposit $1,000 in your bank account. Deposit KXNO.com. Sip next. Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106. Which home selling team? It's time for Sip. <laughs> Stephen M. Sipple talks with myself and Ken on Nebraska football. I mean, I have a radio show. We have callers. I pay attention to my Twitter notifications and all that. There's definitely some frustration. We talk Cornhuskers, and you never know what else is going to come up. With 30 years on the Nebraska beat, here's Stephen M. Sipple. As long as they're paying me to talk, I'm just going to keep doing it. Hi, Miller Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. See the New York Post hacked their no. website. Ha- you should. I just was reading some of the stuff. Yeesh. I'll say yeesh. 
Uh, anyways, uh, not good. Uh, let's get Stephen M. Sipple uh, from On3 Media. He joins the program. Nebraska coming off a bye week, hosting Illinois. Illinois, just about a touchdown favorite in the football game. Sip, uh, Trent and Ken, thank you as always for coming on. We kind of have a feeling, are the same feeling that, uh, that you and the media over in Nebraska have had. It's been a tough week over here, Sip, uh, with, uh, with uh, Ferentz and company and Iowa, um, going through the, the times that they're going and uh, some of them certainly self-induced. Uh, but it's been a weird week over here. Kind of had the feeling that that's what Sip and his, uh, callings have been going through for the last few years. How are you? Uh, I'm going, it's going fine. Yeah, I, I, as you were talking, we always seem to have a lot to talk about, don't we? Yeah, really. Very, very seldom a dull moment, even though we won't, uh, the teams that we uh, cover, respectively, won't play till the final season of the, uh, final game, rather, uh, of the regular season. By the way, did you see the new Big Ten schedule? There's going to be an additional Black Friday game. Doesn't it seem like, in addition to Nebraska, Iowa, from the Big Ten I'm talking about, doesn't it seem like they should play for the axe on, on Black Friday as well? Wisconsin, Minnesota, doesn't that have the cachet to play on Black Friday? Friday. Now that you mention it, yeah, I'm all, I'm all, I always, okay, now you guys have been in the Big Ten your whole life, right? Pretty much. Well, Big I, Ten, I Big 12, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I have it. And, and I didn't understand the act game until I started watching it yeah. in recent years. And I didn't understand how prestigious that game was, how important it was to those institutions. Now I get jacked up for it. Like, <laughs> I, so, I do. I, I, I love too. watching. Yeah, me too. And I, uh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense to enhance the profile of that Black Friday. Mm-hmm. That's a, that would be a big day for the Big Ten yep. to have Nebraska Iowa, which is, I think, a, I'm sure it gets pretty good. I know it gets pretty good rating. And then to add that uh, doubleheader, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. Indeed it is. Well, let's get to this week's zip. Uh, another uh, bye week. Of course, you guys, uh, Nebraska played in week number zero over in Dublin. Uh, so we had the uh, the two buys this year. The buys are now behind them. Uh, what's the what's the feel, zip, going into Illinois? Look, the the. Uh, the conference, the division rather, is still absolutely there for the taking. I think for whatever reason, the Wisconsin is a tick better under Leonard, and I still would put them as the team to beat. Trent would say it's Illinois, and record-wise, say it's Illinois. Um, big spot and a lot to play for, Sip. Yeah, I mean, I think Nebraska fans should feel very fortunate. <laughs> I hate being preachy, but I think they should be very fortunate, feel very fortunate that Nebraska – it's October 29th they're going to play on ABC at 2.30 in a meaningful game. Right? There's something to be said for just that alone, right? Um, they all, they could, if they don't, you know, I still don't, I really don't, ooh, I just got caught in a speed trap here. This could be bad. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm Especially if you're speeding. Yeah, well, I am. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, they're playing a meaningful game in late October on ABC. And I'm not, I don't think Nebraska is a legitimate, now, not a, not much of a threat to win the division. But they could really make things weird. You know, I mean, they could, by beating Illinois, I mean, it would, and you never know, but Nebraska's still got to go to Michigan. They still got to play Wisconsin and Iowa. Um, I just don't, I don't think they're a serious threat. But 
I think they're a threat to beat Illinois. I wouldn't pick Nebraska to beat Illinois. But if they do beat Illinois, boy, it would be Nebraska's first win against a ranked team since 2016. It would be really, really interesting from the standpoint of Mickey Joseph's mm-hmm. on the ongoing petition for the head coaching job. To Think about it, you guys. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Bielema is at the top of his game at age 52 right now, it looks like to me. And he's a formidable coach. I mean, one, one of the very best in the business. And if Mickey Joseph, as an interim, is able to manage his way to a win against a team that's clearly better, that would say a lot, maybe. That would say a lot. They get to 6-6, six and six, eh? They get bull eligible. They... Do they get the six to six by beating Iowa on Black Friday? Sure, let's say that that's the way that they get there. Yeah, is that enough, or does there? You know, they they get past Iowa. I don't know, seventeen thirteen, and they upset Illinois, but it's a slog. I mean, is it not just getting bull eligible? There has to be more, something more tangible in order for Mickey Joseph to get this job. Trent, I mean, I just we do this in the media a lot. We ask questions that we don't know the answer to. I don't, I don't know that. I. And I know you don't expect me to. Um, I here's what I'd say about it. You, you got to think. You got to put your shoes in. You got to put yourself in the shoes of the AD, the athletic director, Trev Alberts. Okay, if if Mickey Joseph were to guide Nebraska to a six and six record at a bowl game, and that would, and the sixth win would be against Iowa in Iowa City. Now, it would get tricky from this standpoint. I would, I would tell you that Mickey Joseph already has a lot of support in the fan base. Mm. And if he would get to six, he would have, I mean, come on, there would there'd be a ton of emotion and momentum on Mickey's side. And I would ask you this, if you're the AD, what kind of position would you be putting in the next coach if it's not Mickey? What, yeah. kind, of position would you put, uh-huh. what kind of position would you be putting him in? Well, I'll tell you the position. It would be divided. I mean, it would, I don't know if it'd be straight down the middle divided, but it'd be divided. The fan base would be divided. Is that what you want the new coach to walk into? Hmm. Uh, it's tough. Yeah. So it's informative. The whole discussion is informative to ADs all over the country. If you fire a coach early, and you don't, and you, and, and you're, de- and you are inclined to hire someone outside the staff don't put an interim in there that's a threat to it is a threat to win over the fan base and actually get some things done on the field now maybe trip this is exactly what he anticipated because maybe he had his had his mind on on mickey from the start i don't know but it's all it's going to get it, it could get awfully interesting hmm. already is really interesting here already uh, Sip, I want to go back to a conversation that you, that we had in April, and I, I know the audience was, was asking, them, what the hell? The, nobody cares. Why are you bringing up this? Well, I, because if you recall, 
I don't know, I came across a piece of video of an athlete from Nebraska just blowing the field away in, in, uh, in, in a, I don't know how long the race was, um, but he just completely just, it was like secretary in the Belmont, what he did to the uh, high schoolers that he was running against. Well, that high schooler just committed to Nebraska this past weekend and beat a list of who's who of college football. What, um, how difficult was that, and how, did, how much did NIL get involved? Well, the, it's big. I mean, that, that, you're talking about Malachi Coleman. He's a he's a he's a player at Lincoln East High School, and he. I, you notice I didn't say the position because it's hard to pin a position on him. He plays receiver. He's really, you know, he's six five, two hundred. Now think about that. He's six five, two hundred, and you don't see much of that at Nebraska. The receiver position. He also can be a pass rusher. For instance, you mentioned that notable teams i'll mention a couple georgia recruited malachi coleman as a receiver oregon recruited him as a defensive end um so it's, so he, he could play tight end. oklahoma recruited him as a tight end uh, so there you go now the, the what got the fan base buzzing is malachi coleman said he committed to mickey joseph mm. and then he was i think mickey joseph is going to be there and he said, yeah, I absolutely think he's going to be there. So now Mickey, understand a lot of the conversation here is if Mickey doesn't get the head coaching job, they will keep him on the staff in a, in a prominent capacity, associate head coach, pay him over a million, et cetera. And so maybe it's possible Mickey has some assurances that he'll be here in some capacity. Uh, but on the other hand, if he does a really good job as the head coach, who is to say someone won't come and get him? other than Nebraska, you know, so it's a very multi-layered conversation um, in a lot of different ways, but certainly Malachi Coleman, he said, I wouldn't have committed to Nebraska six months ago, you know, and that, you know, right. that was, so and what he's saying is I wouldn't have committed to Nebraska before Mickey Joseph was here. Good stuff. Stephen M. Sippel, Lincoln Journal star, no, formerly of the Lincoln Journal star, now on three media. Uh, Sip, great stuff. Uh, appreciate it. Who does Nebraska have next week? Michigan next week? Minnesota. 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 Gotcha. Yeah, well, it's winnable. Oh, very uh, eminently winnable. Um, Nebraska's sort of dangerous in their own weird way. I mean, I don't I don't mean they're a dangerous team to, to not. I mean, they're, they're weird. They're strange. They can beat you downfield. They got good skill players. So they can, they can make you pretty uncomfortable just that way. Thank you, Stephen M. on 3 Media. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week in advance of that Minnesota game. Great. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Good to talk to you. Uh, Stephen Seppel on 3 Media. Well, from college football to the NFL, uh, Packers falling on some hard times. So back-to-back-to-back losses. Giants, Jets, Commanders, not essentially uh, the upper echelon of the uh, NFL. But uh, here's the good news. Trent, on Sunday night football, they had to catch a bit of a break yeah. with, uh, with the Bills. <laughs> that team's uh, not any good. Oh, my God. Uh, what, a, what a way to try and break a slide, Dave Sinekin. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, the schedule finally eases up for the pack after that daunting stretch there. Unbelievable. Uh, look, when the schedule came out, nobody saw this coming, Dave. Well, I don't think so. I won't speak for everybody, but it seemed like it would be a stretch to find somebody that, you know, that uh, followed football that thought, well, there's no way they're going to win any of those games. Yet here they are. What's behind it? Well, you know, I think 
one thing you know about the NFL, just when you think you can count on something, you can't. You know, and you look at the the Buccaneers, the Rams, the Niners, the Packers, all the teams that you thought were going to dominate the NFC are all struggling to varying degrees. For Green Bay, it's, to me, the offense is still the biggest concern. It's uh, it's kind of hard to figure because you had everything back except, of course, Devontae Adams and, and Marquez Valdez-Scanling. But they also lost their offensive coordinator, who's become a punching bag in Denver, but um, he and Aaron Rodgers were really tight. And so you lose Nathaniel Hackett and, and Luke gets to the Bears, and suddenly your offensive line coach becomes your OC. And now, funny, the offensive line has really been a problem this year, and Green Bay surprised everybody basically on Sunday by basically moving the entire line around, keeping only center uh, Josh Myers in his usual spot. And and the line actually performed pretty well, but the offense is just out of sync. Once again, not running the ball enough, giving Aaron Jones eight carries when they're basically undefeated when he touches the ball 15 times. Um, and then the timing's just off. Rodgers has not been sharp. He obviously very famously this week has mentioned that mental errors, a lot of them are causing problems. It's, you know, it's, it's a muff punt that gives Washington life after trailing early, gives them three free points. It turns out being the, the difference in the game. Just Things are just a little off on the offensive side, and you just can't afford that in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers thinks he's the smartest guy in the room, and it becomes very annoying, I think, at times. But this week, his criticism of the team and talking about holding guys accountable for the first time in a long time, I was shaking my head along with Aaron Rodgers saying, that's what you got to do. You're the quarterback, and you got to take these young guys under your wing, and you got to do this. I didn't have a problem with it. Did you? Well, I, I never like hearing news spread on the Pat McAfee show. <laughs> um, and, and my first inclination is to say, guy, I really hope he's had these conversations with the players first. Right. Uh, since then, he's clearly made it clear that, yeah, of course I've talked to the guys first. I wouldn't speak out of of turn. I just think it, it can't be a secret. It's an unusual leadership style. He's an unusual guy. And from virtually every guy that's been in that locker room with him, outside of maybe Greg Jennings, uh, these guys speak so highly about who he is as a person and a leader. You know, it's not my flavor of the day either, Trent. I don't love a lot of the way he goes about his business. But um, I, I think the one thing that strikes me is I think he needs to take a little bit more ownership of his own game. You know, I understand that He's dealing with some players that aren't used to the, the pressure and being in the limelight, but he has not been perfect either. And I know he's taking a little ownership, but I feel like he needs to be a little bit more out there with, hey, I, I'm not playing my best football either. It starts with me. I'm the guy making $50 million. I'm the guy that makes everybody around him better. But, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I don't love the way he handles his business sometimes, but you know, if you look at his career and, and what he's done on the field, it's hard to argue with what's worked. He's, as soon as he retires and the uh, uh, the period of time is up, was it five years? He goes right into Canton. So, it's, uh, Dave, before the year, you thought, and you said as much on our show, that this was going to be Aaron Rodgers' final year. If it continues to go the way that it's going, say they missed the playoffs, does that change your opinion or does that reinforce your opinion? Because I don't see him going out on a downer like this. How about you? Yeah, I don't know. I'll stick with it because that was my gut. Um, obviously, things can change, and, and certain opinions can change, and it's hard to turn away from sixty to a hundred million like he would if he retires. He's got a lot of money coming the next two years. I don't know if he just if he sees, uh, you know, a Super Bowl with this roster. I mean, I, he's only going to play if he feels he can win a Super Bowl, and I think the defense is 
um, inarguably talented, though underperforming so far this season. Um, but he has to look at his team and say, if, if I come back, you know, can we compete for a Super Bowl? There are going to be some serious salary cap issues with this roster next year. I don't think they can keep Aaron Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to have to pay Rashawn Gary, and they're going to lose some guys. So I, I think he has to decide, can we win a Super Bowl? And if he doesn't think that it's likely, then, I yeah, I still think this, this could be it no matter what happens with the team this season. Could he finish his career somebody else? Do you anticipate Somewhere that's something else? that Aaron Rodgers would be willing to do? I suppose it's possible. I don't. I don't think I would take that bet. I think okay. he would just say, you know, it's enough. I, I think yeah. he knows he has nothing left to prove. He'd certainly like to win another ring, but I can't imagine a scenario that's lined up perfectly for him, where he could walk into a roster and compete for a Super Bowl. We all thought Denver with Hackett might have been the one spot if he changed places mm-hmm. in this past off season, because there, there they had that roster set to compete and a coach that he knew and was a good friend. I think he would need all those things to align, and I just I, I find it hard to believe that he would find that set up somewhere else. Russell Wilson for Aaron Rodgers, straight up. You in? No, thank you. I, <laughs> I've had my fill of Mr. Unlimited. No, I'll give Jordan Love a try. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Russell Wilson, the plane ride, the, whole, the six hours of the oh, – Jeez, get over himself. Uh, this guy is he's getting no. under people's skin. Record doesn't no help. Doubt. Dave Sinekin, uh, zonecoverage.com, zonecoverage.com. Uh, the head cheese, Dave, will be on the radio on Sunday morning, 7 a.m., Dave? Yes, sir, or whenever you wake up on your good old iHeartRadio app. Indeed. Packer preview with Dave Sinek and Packers and the Bills on Sunday night. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate it. Talk to you next week. Sounds good. Take care, guys. Thank you. Good to talk to you. Dave Sinek as we catch up on the Green Bay Packers. We'll take a timeout. Lee Sterling will be here. He's got a handful of games to opine on. Lee's ParamountSports.com. He's next. Paul Allen, the voice of the Vikings in 30 minutes. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3. Sent you in. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNL. Here's Ken and Trent. Well, Chiefs picked up a receiver. Did you see that? Cordarius Tony from the Giants is a Kansas City Chief. He's an athlete. More speed for Patrick Mahomes to play with. I don't know what kind of wide receiver he is. Well, they need somebody to get to the quarterback, I think. I mm-hmm. thought that they would address that. We'll see. Robert Quinn's off the board. He is off the board. He's an eagle for what, a fourth? A fourth rounder after picking up eight tackles in one sack. Not bad. That isn't bad because he's not, you're right. He hasn't had a good year. Nope. Uh, at least Sterling has. At least picking games he has. And he's with us from ParamountSports.com. Uh, a bit of a hiccup last week, Lee, but for the most part, you've been uh, outstanding with your picks, especially those uh, uh, 40 and 50 unit plays. Not sure if you have another one this week, but let's get into the slate. Yep. You've got a five pack of games. Let's kick things off here in the state of Iowa, Iowa City. As the Hawkeyes welcome in Northwestern, it has been a divisive week, certainly in Iowa City with Kirk Ferentz this week. Hawkeyes still a big favorite. They're favored by 11 against the Mildcats. And, you know, I'm going to predict we see a strip sack score again. So this is the perfect team to do it against. So Iowa's allowed just 6.4 points per game in the five games that uh, weren't played against Michigan and Ohio State. This offense, I mean, they just don't have the weapons. I think that can do damage against them. And I think, uh, I think on first down, there's going to be quite a few times they're going to get at least five yards on first down, and that can set some 
some nice things up for him. So it's not going to be high scoring. The total's 37 and a half. Team total uh, is like 20, 24. So we're going to go with uh, Iowa, 23-10 over Northwestern. 23-10, so they'll cover in your mind. Well, let's get to a a Big Ten East uh, game. I I have an opinion on this. I hope our opinions match up. Ohio State, a 15-and-a-half point favorite over the Nittany Lions. Ohio State looks more dominant by the week. Uh, Their offense is dangerous. Uh, they get uh, the top receiver, came back last week, and also Mayan Williams, he's back in the fold. Penn State defense failed in their only real test at Michigan. Ohio State can run, maybe not quite as well as Michigan, but pretty darn good, and pass much better, and is much more explosive through the year. Manny Diaz had two weeks to prepare for that game against Michigan and showed me nothing. Penn State quarterback Sean Clifford had a big game last week, four touchdowns. Uh, but that defense is, is, I think, a problem here. And Ohio State's defense have held, I think, the key to this game is Penn State needs to have balance. They've held teams rushing under 124 rushing yards six of the seven games here. If this was a whiteout game, it'd be a blackout by the fourth quarter. I like Ohio State. 41-21. So do I. Buckeyes okay. to roll. TCU, they have taken on all comers, and they have answered the bell each and every time. This week, a tricky mm-hmm. trip out to West Virginia. I, I got this going. one circled, Lee. Where are you going? I do, too. And, and West Virginia, the pressure is on Neil Brown right now. Mm-hmm. In this time. is a perennial six-win team and barely get to a bowl. He needs this game bad. Absolute no-show last week, but not unexpected here. Uh, I think they'll be ready for this game. TCU got every break. I mean, to lose Kansas State, their top two quarterbacks in that game, if even the second stringer stays in, that game goes down to the wire, in my opinion. So I'm going to call for the upset here. Wrong team favorite, (laughs) West Virginia, behind their stud running back Donaldson. He's back in the fold. I like him out right here, 38-35. All right, let's go to Ames, where Iowa State coming off a bye. They will host Oklahoma, who's not uh, the Oklahoma team we've seen in the past, although a much better team with Gabriel uh, as their starting quarterback. He will be. Oklahoma's a slight favorite. It's a point. It's a pick Depends where you shop. Sooners, Cyclones, Lee. Yeah, um, the difference between Gabriel and the backup, unlike Kansas State, is like night and day. He uh, looked really good in his return uh, and had uh, 403 passing yards, two touchdowns, had another 37 yards rushing and a touchdown. Uh, the key for them is they've, they've got to avoid playing teams that have good offenses. Uh, their defense just is, is not stout enough, uh, has breaks in coverages early and often. So um, Iowa State, they just, you know, they're close. They're they're one of those teams that just is one score away in every single game. They can't score 103rd in the nation of 131 teams. Can't run the ball 122nd, and they're just not efficient enough. 98th in yards per play here. So, uh, of the four units, Oklahoma's offense is the best. I think that's the difference here. 34-24. And we wrap things up with our five picks each and every week with Lee Starling with the NFL Sunday Night Football. We were just talking about the Packers. Tough road trip as they head to Buffalo Bills, an 11-point favorite. So I'm grading out Green Bay's players, and obviously Aaron Rodgers has not played 
up to his past levels. But there is just, it seems like almost every player, 75% of the team is grading out lower than last year. So that's a big problem here. Uh, they, they, I think they're going to come to play, though. I mean, if they can get that running game going, and one of the guys that has not fared well has been A.J. Dillon, they get four or five yards on first down. Look out. Then Buffalo's pass rush can be negated here. So uh, this is one of those games where their backs are against the wall. Aaron Rodgers has never been a double-digit underdog in a game here. I think Buffalo's the most talented team, but sometimes when a team is dangerous, look out. Buffalo escapes 24-23. Should be a great game. Oh, that would be a great game. I hope you're right. Uh, Well, your game of the week is the Battle of the State of Michigan. It's the Wolverines. It's the Spartans. Um, The Wolverines bought a three-touchdown favorite. If the listeners want more information, how do they reach you, Lee? Just go, uh, just call me, 800-400-9741. Again, the number, 800-400-9741 to get Michigan and Michigan State for free. And you got it right. We have... Our biggest play of the year, the NFL game of the year, goes on Sunday. We have not had a losing Sunday yet this year. Looking for eight straight winning Sunday, and I found the perfect game, perfect situation, perfect matchup, and perfect line. So we're going to release it. We're 53-18 and 18 on these games going back the last 12 years. You want to get it? Baker's Dozen, 13 games, $147 combined college and pro. Or if you just want to get the NFL six-pack, which will include the game of the year, just $97, one place only. And if you also want to see some free pick videos on some other big plays around the country, like Georgia and Florida, Tennessee, Kentucky, the NFL, Dallas, and Chicago, one place, ParamountSports.com. Talk to you next week. Hour 